You are now listening to the Minority Trailblazer podcast. Let the story begin. One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 One time for the lovers, two times for the ladies, three times for the brothers, four times for the babies. Do you love her? 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 Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. Brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin, love a brown. She my brown skin, love a brown skin. Hold me down. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host Greg E Hill, the Culture Change Agent. I heard, I know you hear that raspiness in my voice. I ain't sick, I don't got COVID, but I think I got a cold. And you know, we live in a space where you got a cold, man. Cats be looking at you funny. So I'm staying out the way, staying low-key, man. But yo, it's always the holiday season. Thank you so, so much, man. We done did 10,000 plus downloads on the first couple episodes, man. So kudos to y'all. Keep sharing the podcast. Keep liking it. Keep hitting us up on Instagram, at Greg Hill, or at Minority Trailblazer. We got the videos coming soon. We're working through some technical difficulties, but we got the videos coming to a YouTube platform soon so you can see us all in our digital and video glory. <laughs> so before we jump, you know I got to hit our sponsors. First and foremost, RecDiv. That is a platform for us, by us, for anybody that has graduated from an HBCU or currently attends an HBCU. It is a platform where you can find jobs for companies looking for people like you and only you. One of the first platforms, kind of like the Indeed for HBCU students, where companies can come for HBCU talent and People that attend HBCUs can get companies that are looking for people that look like them, right, right? So I want you right now to go over recdiv.com. I repeat, R-E-C-D-I-V.com for more information. So if you're a company looking for diverse hires, go there. If you're a person looking for a job, go there, and they will hold you down, man. Shout out to my boy D. Gribbs over there at ATX Web Designs. And then over to our next sponsor, and they've been holding us down for the last couple months, man. Shout out to Scotch Porter. If you look online, you see my 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 face glowing, my hair popping. That's due to Scotch Porter, man. I am an exclusive ambassador, and this podcast is an ambassador for the Scotch Porter brand. And I know it's December 18th, but in a week's time, Christmas is on the way. New Year's is on the way. Maybe your birthday or something's on the way for a person that you love. So why not get something that's going to take their beard, They skin they hair they hold aura to that next level man so go to scotchporter.com where you can find a sale going on right now for 50 percent off their collection sale so i'm talking about like a bundle of things that can take your whole energy to that next level so go get your queen your king your king son your queen son your boyfriend whatever go get them that special gear is non-toxic it get rid of blemishes, and it is black-owned. Actually, matter of fact, we're going to have an audio, not audio, we're going to have a CEO, rather, on the call 
on the show within the next couple episodes, man. So y'all get in tune. Go to scotchporter.com for all your hair care, skin care needs. Once again, go to scotchporter.com. They are an official sponsor of the Minority Trailblazer podcast. So without further ado, I want to get into the show. I'm going to say this up front. This is one of the best episodes I recorded. Like, while re-listening to it before I actually put out the final edits, man, I was like, yo, this is just a smooth ride. This brother, his financial knowledge, his way he delivers it, his points, etc., man, you are going to get a lot out of the show. Once you finish the show, make sure you share the show with a friend, one friend that can get something out of it. Y'all continue to build. Go get your financial freedom. Go get your wealth freedom. And I would be remiss before we answer, man, I got to thank God, man. So many blessings that happened this season, man. There's so many ways. Of course, there's been so many challenges that... Y'all would never know about right now, um, and I can't share right now in my life, but we've got through them. We overpowered them, but, man, God is showing out in his blessings, man, so thank you, God. If you're not a believer, I would challenge you to believe him, but if you, if not, even if not, right, <laughs> wherever you, universe, you believe in the universe, go give credence to the universe, right, because somebody, if the, if you still alive right now, you got a blessing, right, and you not only got a blessing for yourself that you're still alive, but you can be a blessing for other people, don't get me preaching, because you know I can preach on the side as well, holla at your boy, <laughs> all right, let me stop playing, yo, let me jump into this show, man, all right. Welcome to the Minority Trailblazer Podcast, and I'm your host, Greg Eel, the Culture Change Agent. On this show, we interview young, successful minorities in a variety of fields to educate, empower, and inspire our current and future generation of leaders. And today, I got a show for you today, man. I'm, I'm really excited. I don't got the bio sheet with me because that's what we do. When we live in person, I don't need the bio. The man, the myth, the legend here himself. And I don't want to misquote. How do I say the name correctly, bro? Achenpong. Achenpong. George Achenpong. See, because you know, like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get there. We're going to get there, man. So I'm excited. It's, this this interview has been long overdue, but everything happens the right way in the right season. And specifically in this season, the global pandemic season, um, the money season, um, the tragedy season. This is a lot of seasons going on. I don't I don't really seasons. know what's yeah. what's up. I like, had to kind of classify, right? Because like we're here right now. About to record a legendary piece of co- pieces of content that will will hopefully transform lives or transform ways of thinking, right? Because yeah. we can't one conversation can't transform a life. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, just yesterday, Chad Bozeman died. Like for real, like the it's in the um, a lead actor of a movie that meant so much to 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 the culture in general. See black kings and queens and multiple kings, like not yeah. just one, right? Because you know a lot of times they try to show our movies and you get like one, one, one key here, the, the token black guy. Yeah, and it's like yeah. you got all of that black, and it's like at forty three gone from colon cancer, and um, but then we the next day you got to go for and have a great interview, talk about finances, talk about leveling up, mm-hmm. and I think that's the dichotomy of human life, but more so even as a as a black person because even though this Chad Bozeman, you know the life that we live or just even families. You know, you probably had some days waking up, marking on great, oh, your cousin in X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Or your your aunt did X, Y, and Z. And it's like, or you get the right. news and somebody got killed. It's like, mm-hmm. damn, bro, I can't even, <laughs> I can't even live. Like, you, you can't. Right. Right. So um, it's a weird space where we always going to continue to deliver content. Because I think that the energy that we're putting on and the energy of what Chaz Bozeman is, is legacy, right? 100%. And, and how do you, in the Western culture, in the day, how do you build legacy? It, there does, you can't build legacy without a finance component, right? Right, right, right. Which is why I'm really excited to really build with this brother, man. So uh, without further ado, I would like to introduce, I, I'm just going to call, can I call you GA? I don't want to. Absolutely, man. I'm, yeah, I'm a GA, Mr. Melanin Money himself, 
to the Minority Struggles of Podcast, man. Welcome to the show. Hey, man. Thank you for having me, man. Like, does to see you just like turn that energy on like that? It's <laughs> yeah. just, it's, it got me, it got me motivated, man. So now I'm excited. I'm excited to be on. Yeah, man. So let's jump right into it, man. We always start the show off with a quote or a mantra. So can you share with our audience, man, a quote or mantra that you live by and yeah. then give us a, a, a tangible story about how you apply that to your everyday life? Yeah. Uh, when the facts change, so do I. What do you Ooh. do? Very, very simple quote. But the reality is, I mean, we think about this year in particular, right? And like how agile we have to be because of what, what's going on in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes because we live in a screenshot culture and it's like, oh man, well, I said this like last year. Mm -hmm. And if I switch it up this year, yeah. I'm going to contradict myself. But one, th one of the things I realized when you're a truth seeker, yeah. right? You have to be constantly willing to contradict yourself, right? Because you might tap into new truth, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, I'm never so rigid to like something I said a year ago, much less a day ago. And my team will tell you, and I'll hop on the call, team call with a smile, say, hey guys, got some news. Um, because like, if we have, if, if I learn something new that's going to evolve us and push us further, I'm not going to stand in my, my old truth, you mm -hmm. know? So when the facts change, when I get new data, new information, mm -hmm. I evolve and I do it rapidly, mm -hmm. right? I don't wait. A lot of times Ooh. people like, there, it's, it's harder to unravel something than it is to just start something new, yeah. right? Because once you're already starting to do something like, man, I already got this. All right, I'm already using this technology. I'm going to have to switch to this platform. Mm -hmm. And people get so caught up on the unraveling that they're not willing to lean into Because the goal is to be successful. The goal yeah. is to do it the best way, the most efficient way to have the most impact. And if you learn something that can get you there, you got to lean into it regardless of where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. So I just live by that, that nature of just, hey, look, when I get new information, new truth, I move and I pivot and I apply that to my business this year in particular, mm -hmm. right? I'm um, having to do things virtually mm -hmm. um, and just the things I wanted to, I had to end up focusing on in the short term mm -hmm. and just in, in my life, right? Whenever I, I read a new book or listen to a new podcast yep. and I learn something that is transformative or paradigm shifting, mm -hmm. I adjust. Mm. So what's the last thing you rapidly adjusted from? Yeah. So I am coming out with an app in yep. Q4. And I had searched high and low for the right platform, the right <laughs> developer. And I was like, yo, this is it. This is perfect. Like, we going to run the play. Already started the build. Already dropped the brand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I found a better option. It always happens like that. And then right? I found a better option. And, and, and it was better. Like, it was because I was going to have to sacrifice some of the functionality for the one that I found. But I was like, this gives me most of what I want. So I'm going to go with it. And uh -huh. I found something else that give, gave me everything, basically. Yeah. And I had to do it. Like, it sucked. It cost me money. Um, you know, it's going to cost me a little bit of time to unravel, but I yeah. know it's the better route, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's a real world example because literally this week, uh, <laughs> I, I pulled the trigger on making that switch to a different platform. So, mm. so let's let's do it like this. Uh, one word to describe this week and why you chose that word. And this is the find the post section right here. Boom. One word that describes this week. Um, hmm, that's a good question. I'd have to say, I'd have to say legacy, not to be cliche. And the reason why I say that is, is really, you know, just yesterday, right? Uh, we lost, we lost a legend mm -hmm. and, you know, I'm always pushing so hard for the things that, that matter, that I believe matter mm -hmm. to me, matter to the world. And sometimes, you know, people can, you, you can get caught up in like, oh, well live a little, yeah. right. Or just, or take a break or let yeah. you put off the gas or relax. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was reminded through his work mm -hmm. that, you know, it's, it's legacy over resume. So it's not about just checking the box on doing all this stuff, but mm -hmm. what am I doing that ultimately is going to align to my legacy? Because that's what people are going to remember me by. Like, we wouldn't be talking about Kobe if it wasn't for his relentless pursuit mm -hmm. for success, right? When you're in the game, when it might be like, dang, Kobe, you're doing a lot. You're doing too much or you're practicing too hard. You're up at 5 a.m. But people wouldn't have been as impacted 
if it wasn't for his relentless pursuit to greatness, which ultimately was a relentless pursuit for his legacy. And so for me, it was amplified again yesterday um, just by, by building things and creating a life that will sustain long before you're gone. You know, I mean, long while you're gone. So legacy is how I would, how I would define this week. Mm. So before we jump right in, because this episode, we're going to do a little different. Um, it's typically we do past, present, future, but we're going to jump right into the hot topic, talk about money and mindset yeah. and just the, the ethos behind it. But before we do that, I, I always try to, I want, I want this, this time to, to, to brag about yourself and then tell the audience a little bit like who you are, where you're from. But I want you to brag unequivocally about yourself to kind of get the context of some information you're going to share. But also too, I mean, we live in a, we live in a culture, man, where you black, man, like people don't want you to, to really tell about what you do. They don't want you to talk your ish until yeah, you yeah. like a billionaire. I'm like, dang, bro, I can't talk about this at 10, a hundred grand. Like what? And I really just, I love to see, um, what people are doing because honestly, the, the friends that I've seen and the people that's in the culture, like there's really some people that have done amazing things at a young age. Mm-hmm. So we want to be encouraged and empowered by it specifically and, um, yeah. be able to, to clap while we going because sometimes you hit certain levels and you, it just becomes normal, which is mm-hmm. cool, but it's like, is it cool? Right. You feel me? Right. Like to take that stuff for granted, like God has purposed you to have a certain amount of success and certain things already. Mm-hmm. And why not shine that light to allow other people's light to kind of see and gravitate from that yeah, glow? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah, tell us, tell the audience, man, a little bit about yourself, man. Um, don't get too deep into it. Go hit on the back half. Yeah. But then also brag on yourself, man. Yeah. So I'll, I'll give kind of the, the 30,000 foot overview, yeah. man. So I've been in the financial services industry for, a decade this December. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, just out of, out of college, I went ahead and went right into it. Mm-hmm. Um, by happenstance, honestly, I got a double major in marketing and economics, yep. uh, was interning for Coca Cola, supposed to go through like a management position through there. But mm-hmm. when I graduated in 09, yep. uh, the economy was, you know, not in the greatest place. So yeah, I was like, right all right, well, what can I do with this economics degree? Mm-hmm. Um, so I ended up getting into the financial services industry, um, and didn't look back, right? So I had some success very early on. Um, I was the token uh, black guy this one firm and, and crushed it. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a result of that, started to learn more about the business of financial advisory, not just the skill set of being a financial advisor. Mm-hmm. Um, and branched out, started my own firm in 2013. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that has evolved um, a lot over the years. Um, so fast forward to 2017, I converted my firm into what we call a registered investment advisory firm, mm-hmm. um, which only 1.6% of all firms in the nation are registered as, as fee only. Uh, registered investment advisory firms, meaning we are, have a fiduciary obligation to do what's in our client's best interest. So you would think that's the standard, right? Mm-hmm. Like all advisors should be wearing that hat. But the reality is only 1.6% of all advisory firms are fiduciary only, meaning that we don't get compensated on the back end on proprietary products. Like, hey, hey, bro, you should invest in this. I think it's really good, but I'm pitching it to you. I'm going to get a crazy commission. Right? Oh, wow. My firm doesn't operate that way. We're fee only fiduciary advisors. Um, so since then, um, I've been able to grow, you know, a small team uh, with my firm, Capital Wise, mm-hmm. uh, based here in Charlotte. Also have offices in Georgia. Uh, we manage millions of dollars in assets. Uh, podcast. I have a podcast as well. Was ranked by one of the top ten podcasts by financial advisors, mm-hmm. Forbes. Um, I have a movement called Melanin Money, mm-hmm. um, which is a goal to help 100,000 people of color invest their first or next $1,000. Mm-hmm. Uh, we launched an initiative last Black Friday. It was crazy. We're coming up on a year. Wow. Um, last Black Friday. Friday to help, uh, I think 600, we had people invest $600,000 in 36 hours. Wow. Um, so that was huge. Um, and other than that, man, I've just been, I've been blessed. I sit on the advisory council for, um, an industry of other advisors. So like I'm one of six, but there's a thousand advisors in the organization and they mm-hmm. pick me 
to basically be kind of a, a pillar of change yeah um in the advisory space uh what else we got going on? oh coming out with the app G4, yeah pocket advisor mm-hmm. uh the first human friendly proactive financial accountability partner so be on the lookout for that yep um to kind of help prevent you from making bad spending decisions before they happen um and it also is come um, so i'm really excited about that because um you know what spawned this is i wanted to create an ecosystem because it's it's two a two-part app one you got the notifications right it's going to push out in real time that speak to your spending vices or your spending goals so that you can make those decisions and be accountable the other part is it's a financial social network right so take your instagram take your facebook but imagine the only content you can consume on that platform is finance, whether it's real estate, investing, venture oh, capital. Oh, bro, that's going to be right? huge. So I'm super excited about that, right? Because that component is, I've never seen it done. Um, and is, just, it, is it black specific or open? I mean, see, the funny thing is, it, it's not necessarily black specific, but based upon who I'm connected to, <laughs> yeah. it's going to be black specific. Yeah, you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so I'm not like, Melanin Money is black specific, yeah, right? Yeah. So Pocket Advisor, I'm not coming out and saying it's only black creators, but the reality is yeah. it's going to be 99.9%. <laughs> there might be somebody that, that squeezes through. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know, so it's going to be va- the vast majority is going to be creators of color. So it's a two part f- platform, right? Mm-hmm. In the sense that you'll have your content. Cre- I'm not going to be the only creator, right? Mm-hmm. You have your financial. Mm-hmm. content creators and experts and then you'll have anybody that wants to join the network mm-hmm. who wants to consume that content and there'll be different advice channels you can build your money team so like if you you know they're going to be experts on the platform so if you're looking for an accountant a bookkeeper uh-huh. financial advisor investment advisor cfa like all of my peers wow. are going to be creators on the platform uh-huh. so if they're for hire you can build your money team right on the platform and consume their content so that you can vet out if they have the energy that you're looking for that's that's the thing all information is the same. I, the analogy I always like to use, we can all go to the store and buy chicken, yeah, right? Yeah. What's going to make it different is my sauce versus your sauce, right? Yeah. You, you might like teriyaki a little more than you like honey mustard or, yeah. or barbecue. Uh-huh. And so this platform gives the ability for everybody to bring their financial game, mm-hmm. but based upon their sauce and their flavor, the audience can determine who they want to rock with in one aggregated place. Mm, man, that's a lot, man. So let's jump right into to, to the to the thick of things. First, you said some money team. What's a money team like for audience? I think that's, uh, and this is going to start leading us to kind of the mindset, but like, what's a money team? Should everybody have one? Like, wh- yeah. like what is that? And it, do you have to have a certain level of income to have one? Because there's a lot of myths where, and, and I lived in this, why so I can ask where to, until you're making a certain amount of money, like, do I, I do I need a financial advisor? Do I need all this other stuff? Right. Like, I'm just going to get it until I get there. But you know the game, yeah. you never get there. You just end up. That's always this. My parents, I mean, I love them to death. They checking accounts, checking account generation. All the money in the checking for the most part in savings. Investment stuff. Nah, we had those conversations. Financial junk, whatever. Money team. I doubt it. So, right. Like, break through that. Break that down. Yeah. So, when you think about it, it's like if you were to go to, go to the hospital, right? Mm-hmm. There's different doctors for different specialties, yep. right? You got you had a you had a brain surgeon, mm-hmm. neurosurgeon. You have a heart surgeon. You have a general physician. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have an orthopedic surgeon, right? There's there's different folks who spoke focus on different things. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, in the financial industry. Uh, we haven't done as great a job in edifying the the nuance mm-hmm. uh, of these different delineations in the industry, right? So mm-hmm. you have someone like myself who's a comprehensive financial planner um, and an investment advisor, but there's so many other components to finance, right? You have your bookkeeper, someone who handles the books of mm-hmm. your business if you're a business owner. Then the bookkeeper can be different from the accountant. The accountant is the one who has maybe the global perspective of how to apply what we're learning to, uh, from the book, clean books, right? To tell the story. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you might, ha- you need an attorney, right? Whether it's for estate planning or family mm-hmm. law. And so your money team is comprised of, if there's a decision that has to be made, mm-hmm. right? 
um, for your finances, mm -hmm. you're going to need someone on the team. You're going to need a, a mortgage broker. You're going to need mm -hmm. access to a lender. You're going to need a realtor. Mm -hmm. All those folks make up your money team, mm -hmm. right? And just knowing that you can have tap into a sound expert who's going to be able to guide you on making these decisions. Now, that doesn't absolve you from needing to be in the know, right? Mm -hmm. But at the same token, like, I'm never going to know all the ins and outs of, of, of changing the engine out of a car. Can I, can I get on the side of the road and pop my tire off? Sure. But I'm not going to, I'm going to, I'm going to spend my time focusing on my zone of genius. Yeah. So the purpose of a money team is to say, you go out and focus on your, your zone of genius to, to generate the capital, right? Yeah. And have the right people in place to help you manage and maximize it. Right. So my, my pillars are three things. Yep. I want to help you make more money. Mm -hmm. I want to help you manage your money more effectively. I'm going to help you maximize it. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it, it takes a team to do that. Yeah. Right. So, you know, and from my lens, making more is not just about top line revenue. It's not mm -hmm. just about, hey, I need to go put more through the funnel. Mm -hmm. It's looking at operational efficiencies, right? Like how much money am I leaving on the table by not having a better follow up system for my pipeline, mm -hmm. not having a, a way to automatically follow up with the people who have enter, entered to my opt in. Right. So you have that from a, from a business perspective. Yeah. Right. It's like, how do I you know, better make money by creating operational efficiencies. How do I go through my books and then see, okay, man, I didn't realize I still had these seven subscriptions I'm not even using or, these, <laughs> yeah. or, or this service overlaps with this service yeah. or, you know, this thing I only pay annually and I did it through Apple and I forget, you know, so, you know, going through your books to really understand the nuance of what's happening. So before we get more new revenue, how can we better manage, right? What we already have. And that's going to make you make more money, right? You're going to yeah. increase profitability just by having a better understanding of what's going on. Mm -hmm. And so that's what I mean by money team, like understanding those different components of your life, whether mm -hmm. it's the legal aspect, um, the finance aspect, and just figuring out who are those core people that you need. Now, to answer your question, does everybody need one? Oh, and here's the better to layer it. Attack it money team in reference to novice, mid, and high. And of course, mid and high is, there's different levels of high, but Breaking down, money, what does a money team maybe look like for the beginning? Beginning mm -hmm. maybe zero to 50. Yep. Then from 50 to 150. Mm -hmm. And then now just say 250 and up. Okay. What that, what that may look like. And I know it's it's, it's real technical, but it's yeah. high level. Yeah. So I would say zero to, what was the first threshold? Zero to what? Zero to 50. Zero to 50. Um, Right now, the beauty of the internet is there's mm -hmm. so many like courses and content. Like, you know, people hear all the time and say, oh, that's my mentor. You automatically think that that means they have a personal relationship with that person. No, if you can consume their content, if you can listen to their podcast, if you can read their book and you're tapped into what they're teaching and their philosophies, that's your mentor, right? Yeah. So I think from that range, you really need to immerse yourself in education because there's a spectrum when it comes to like, like just business, right? There is, you either pay with your time or you pay with your money, yeah. right? And I always say people fit into one of three buckets. You're either a do-it-yourselfer, a collaborator, or a delegator, mm -hmm. right? A do-it-yourselfer largely is predicated upon your, your financial wherewithal, right? Yeah. So if I'm in that zero to 50 range, I got to do more myself, right? Because I don't have the financial wherewithal to outsource stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you're in a season of immersing yourself. So your money team is doing a little bit of research yep. to determine who is creating content that I can consume for free or at a low cost and immerse myself in that education, right? Mm -hmm. That's your money team in the beginning, yeah. right? Then 50 to 150, yep. uh, that's when you, you can go hire a financial advisor, right? You can go hire like someone to work with in a one-on-one -on -one capacity or like a, like a hybrid model. Like maybe you 
join like a group coaching program mm-hmm. or the financial advisor has a coaching model where it's like, I'm not working with him like in a one-on-one capacity where he's managing all my assets because I don't have much yet. Mm-hmm. But now I'm getting guided knowledge from an expert, right? Mm-hmm. So that way you're using them as a sounding board. You're still having to do some of the work, mm-hmm. but you have a sounding board versus like, I'm just like, you know, having to consume it and hope that I'm doing it right. Yeah, hope right. Now, pray. right. Did, I, did I really buy it? Like market rate, end of the day? I, I guess. Right. Yeah. Versus the, the mid-tier. It's like, okay, cool. Like, I, I bought this course. I jumped in this coaching program. I'm still going through the content, but I can hop on live office hours and, hey, man, or I can I can use my, you know, once a month, 30-minute coaching call or whatever to make sure that I'm moving in the right direction, right? Mm-hmm. That's kind of that mid-tier. And then anything above that, you said, I think your, your range was 150 to... Uh, then, then it's I'm talking. Then it's the two fifty and up. Two fifty and up, right? Then at that point, you're at a place where you can delegate, right? It's like, hey, okay, look, if I'm making two fifty, I've obviously gotten good at something, and it'd be smarter for me to focus on that and pay with my money rather than pay with my time uh, to outsource this financial game. Now, the beauty of it is, if you went through that track, right, you probably know enough mm-hmm. to know you're not getting nobody's getting over on you, mm-hmm. but you're smart enough to now not tie your time to managing it all yourself, right? And at that point, a money team might look like having a dedicated one-to-one financial advisor, mm-hmm. you know, having a dedicated like bookkeeper or accountant because now you're making real money. But before, you know, you're not making enough money, you can write everything off and it's like, okay, well, I can break even every year or, mm-hmm. you know, go at a loss. But when you're making real money, you want to have tax problems, right? You want to yeah. have a more savvy strategy where you have to now allocate those funds and max out your Roth IRA mm-hmm. and do these different things to avoid paying unnecessary taxes. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want somebody who understands that. So an accountant, a financial advisor, um, and I would say, honestly, at this phase, you probably would need some type of like family attorney, right? Yeah. Who can at least draft that basic will or a trust for you. And in the middle, now everybody needs at least a basic will or a trust. The beauty of it is there's plenty of documents out there that you can at least get those, you know, basic core fundamental legal documents in place. Mm-hmm. But when you're making 250 and above, you're going to need, you know, a, a real will or a real trust to make sure that it's going to function the way you want it to function. And I would say that's kind of the spectrum of what your money team could look like. Man, that's, uh, that's, hey, bro, we can end the podcast right there. That's, 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 that's a lot. That's exciting. Um, let's jump into this. Uh, where does your money mindset come from? Because I, I got some other questions I want to go, but were, were your parents really big into finances? Yeah. Did you come from a, a home where you were walking up, they were throwing finance books at you, <laughs> reading it? Like, like what's yeah. the auspice of that, bro? Yeah, like, not not even close, man. And I, I love my mom and how much she was able to do as a single mom. Mm-hmm. Um, and where my money mindset came from was, so when I was a kid, right? Yeah. And I, it's, funny, it's a funny story. So I'm t- telling my age a little bit, but back when the PS1 came out, yeah. it was PS1, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yo, ma, I don't need that. Nope, I need this for Christmas. Yeah. You know, I'm actually early in the year. You know what I'm yeah. saying? I need, I need that PS. Playing the seeds. Right. And she never said no, right? She was just like, okay, I hear you basically. Yeah. And so I just kept hammering away. P, I need that PS1. And then, and then again, I'm young. So whenever that was, I'm 33 now. So yeah. I mean, I'm in elementary school at the time, right? Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I'm just hammering it away. And then Christmas time rolls around and I see a box. Now, you know, the funny thing about the imagination is like, you can, that's how powerful the mind is. You can make yourself believe whatever you yeah, want to believe. That can be a good thing or a bad thing, right? So I made myself believe. That's how this box was about the right dimensions. Like, yo, she done did it. Yeah. She got that PS1. And so Christmas rolls around. Open it. And I open the box. And it's tube socks. Oh, hell no, bro. Yeah. My dudes. Oh, I'm hot. It's tube socks. I'm hot. And I'm like, yo. And I'm in elementary school, so I'm, I'm hot. But I don't have the context to realize that's all she could do. 
Right? I don't have the context to realize that's all she did. What kind of box had a tube sock box? What kind of tube sock box was that? Did she really play you like that, getting the box into the tube? I don't think she intentionally played me. I I think it was just, again, it was probably, looking back, it was my mind, (laughs) like just... Telling myself it was the right size, right? It probably was a regular box. Right? Hey yo, do y'all can y'all imagine a tube sock box in, in GA? The uh, Mr. Melanie Money himself thought that was a PS1 box. Yeah. That's real though. Yeah. Damn. And so I was like, you know what? Bet. Mine just elementary school. So I was like, no love lost. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go get him. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna I'm, I'm about to get it. I'm gonna get it myself. So okay. at that point, again, I'm in elementary school. So I found a way, because you know, you have to be a certain age to get like certain jobs. I think at that age, I was just washing cars with my uncle. Yeah. You know, stacking money. I was like, I'll never be in a situation where I'm lying on somebody. I want to get something, right? So I'm stacking money young to the point where my aunts and uncles when I was in elementary school was asking me to borrow money. Right? (laughs) Right? And I didn't even know the technical term of interest. Like, true story. I didn't know the technical term of interest, but I was like, all right, cool. Like, I just need more back when you give it back to me. Like, Uh you know what I'm saying? I didn't know what it was called. I just knew that it seemed logical to me. If I give you 50 bucks, yeah. I need about 55 back. Yeah, you give me something. Something back, right? Dress it up and make it real for me. <laughs> exactly. And so that was my first kind of taste of just like, all right, if you want it, you got to get it yourself. Then fast forward a few years and, and I guess in probably middle school, however you're, you're 15 and a half. You know, mm-hmm. so I was 15 and a half. I got a job at Lazy Boy Furniture. That's high school. Yeah. Yeah. High school, actually. So yeah, I got a job at Lazy Boy Furniture. Mm-hmm. And uh, right beside it was a TJ Maxx. Yeah. Right. So at this point, I had because I went through a season of not being able to get what I wanted. Mm-hmm. I was like, when I get when I start getting these checks, yeah, I'm balling out. You know what I'm saying? So I, I get paid every two weeks. And it's side note, this is a fancy bro. Like that's I, I know I'm an OG. We both alphas and he yeah. Playboy PZ and Come they on. they just they different. They cut different than like yo. They these guys are some fly dudes. Always been fly. Always been an OG. So respect. It's, I, I love that man. Continue. Respect. So yeah, so it was a TJ Maxx next door. So that's why I would go couple couple few threads. You know what I'm saying? Now I would go to the mall, get like, and I got a pair of kicks. So I would get like the Hirachis. I had some Hirachis that was yeah. fire, and then I had some. And that's that's back when Jabos was popping. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You had the Jabos, the shot, bro. If I can find some pictures in the archives, size forty. Um, <laughs> Always had to be 40, 38 bro. and above, bro. It is even less. Oh right. hey, no. Right, right. Totally different ball game. Yeah. So I would go and I would spend. I would blow the check, blow the bag. Me, Mister, you know, financial savvy, yeah. blow the bag every two weeks. 168 bucks. I thought it was so much money back yeah. then. Um, no bills. And then one time I asked my mom for lunch money because she was giving it to me. And she's like, Did you like just get paid? I was like, Yeah, but you know, I, I cop some. I'm still a kid. I'm still yeah. son, bro. You yeah. still, like, but what, ain't nothing changed. Right. I just, I just cop some stuff. She's like, Okay, well, uh, you, you need, I mean, you need, you don't need to spend so much money that you can't even feed yourself. So I was like, Okay, well, what do you, what does that mean? I, I'm about, the bus is about to come. You know, I need lunch money. She's like, Have a good day. And she let me go to school without lunch money that day. Ooh, um, and that and that taught me a valuable lesson, though, right? She told you have a good day. Right. <laughs> yeah, taught me a valuable lesson. Um, and the valuable lesson was that you know you can get what you want, but you still have to prioritize your needs, right? Mm-hmm. And granted, I was a kid, so I'm thinking you should still be taking care of my needs. But my mom was trying to teach me something that I didn't realize at the time, right? Yeah. And so that is insti- don't lose the thought, stay there. But I, it's crazy. We just did it in our in our Bible class. I think as kids, we don't realize like. To be honest, there's no contract that parents have to do the stuff they do. Correct. Like when they birth you, there's no maternal contract they sign to say, hey, for 18 years, I have to feed you, I have to clothe you. Mm-hmm. I think in society, we really miss that construct there. Yeah. Everything our parents do, we think they're supposed to do, but there's no contract on that. No contract. They can just leave. Right. It's just an assumption that oh, you brought me in this world, you're supposed to want to care and do all this stuff. I just wanted to put that because I mean, that's, that's real. Mom was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Mm-hmm. You are human. Mm-hmm. You're making money. Right. You're spending it on what you want. Mm-hmm. 
and I'm supposed to give you lunch money. At this point, you have the wherewithal to do all this other stuff. Right. Have a good day. So I, I kind of, I can get it. Right. So I went to school. I was a little hot. I'm like, yo, it was cool. You know what I'm saying? And now, mind you, there's a pretty- Flying broke. Like exactly. a lot of people just Flying broke. This, right? Exactly. So, <laughs> so now, mind you, there's a very big gap between the PS3 story and this, right? Yeah. But so this is another like lesson, right? So like, man, dang. So I went to school hungry. Yeah. You know, bumming off, bumming off my pe- my friends. And, you know, went to flying the hungry though. Flying hungry. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Bumming off, yo, let me get up on them pepperonis. Let me get a couple of fries, dip it in the ranch with the hot sauce. You know, bread? Oh, I left my wallet in the crib today, man. Right. Yeah. right. You, y'all remember that, that ranch with the hot sauce mixture? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? For the, for the fries. And so, and, I, and then I came home. I was like, damn, okay. Well, another, another lesson learned. Like, okay, you can go out and spend a little bit of money, but make sure you have some money to take care of your priorities. Mm-hmm. And so I started to just to develop these traits. Again, it was rooted in extreme frugality because I wanted to be able to get what I wanted when I wanted um, without anybody else being able to give it to me. Mm-hmm. And then it evolved to understanding the balance between the two, mm-hmm. right? And so that was kind of my initial money mindset. So fast forward a little bit further than that, mm-hmm. um, you know, mom's getting, is getting remarried. I think I'm in my second year of college. I'm yeah. interning for Coca-Cola, like I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast. And um, I'm working, making some real money at this point. At least at that time, I'm making shoes six, like six hundred a week, and I'm still in college. You oh know yeah, no, yeah. So that's some paper, you know. What I'm saying I'm, out, I'm eating out. You know, what you got the refund stuff. So you, bro, you rich. I'm rich, rich. <laughs> you rich, rich, right? And so I'm working at Coca Cola, making money. At this point, I'm a lot smarter with my money, and my mom knows this now to the point where she asked me. She said, "Hey, son, about to get remarried, and um, you know, I, I'm about to merge our finances together. So, you know, me and my, me and my husband. So can, can you kind of like give us like a, a plan on what that looks like? Mind you, I'm in college. So I'm like, all right, bet. Didn't know about any, the first thing about financial advising, I just thought logically. Went in Excel, put a little spreadsheet together, had to provide me their expenses, their income, put together a report. Mind you, I had no idea I was ever going to transition into this industry, right? I just did something that made logical sense. I'm doing this after hours, after I've already worked, doing this for free. And I was just, I was hammering it away and I really enjoyed it. And ended up being really good at it, so to speak, right? So I asked a friend who was interning for a finance firm, mm-hmm. say, bro, I just put this together for my mom. I, don't, I mean, I don't know if this makes sense. Like, does this look like anything that like y'all put together for y'all, y'all y'all's clients? And he was like, bro, like this is better than what we, <laughs> you know, we don't get this detail. I'm yeah. like, okay. <laughs> and it was a mental note. Still didn't think much about it. I was like, seed. Exactly. I was like, best case scenario, I'll just be really good at finance for myself, not a financial advisor for anybody else, right? So then again, these seeds are just being sown along the way. And then I look up, you know, I'm in a situation where the job I was, thought I was supposed to have after college, I don't have. And then I just decide to transition into the financial services industry. And then, and then I'm here. So my money mentality originated in experience for not being able to have what I wanted and then understanding the importance of the balance of prioritizing your needs versus your wants. Right. Mm. And then that just, of course, the, the, the experience of the industry and, and teaching other people and getting the licenses. It just really evolved my mindset. And, and to add a little bit of color to maybe the last thing that solidified my money mentality is I got a client one time yeah. uh, back in probably 2014, 2013. Okay. And is that this is, you started your firm in yep. 2013, right? 20, yep. Mm-hmm. So that yep. 2014, this is you, you're on your own, you got your own firm for a client. Okay. Exactly. So I got, I get this client, he's probably mid forties, yep. had his wife with them, uh, had his two, two kids with him, mm-hmm. young, young, young kids, I think it was actually three. And, you know, I, I remember having to look him in the eye and tell him, like, unless, you know, something just dramatically changes, like, you're not going to ever be able to retire. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Um, well, I guess I, guess I should say it was a consultation because they wanted to become clients. They were telling me their story about what happened and where they were and kind of, you know, life caught up to them. It was like, you know, I thought I was putting away enough. I wasn't. I was spending too much. And, but now I'm ready to, like, really do this thing. And based upon where they were at that moment, not to say that they couldn't have evolved and things could have changed and start a business and, you know, you know, you can be wildly successful. 
But based upon where they were at, I was like, if, if you don't, if something dramatic doesn't change, retirement is not in the, in the cards for you. Right. And me seeing the look on his face, the look of defeat and knowing that like he, his family was there with him and knowing his whole family was there. His, his wife was there. His, his kids. Why are you bringing everybody to the consultation? That, that's a lot, bro. Yeah. You had to say it to his face with the kids in the room. Hide your kids, hide your wives. You said that like with the kids, they sitting there by me and the wife, the biggest thing is probably the wife looking at like, what, 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 what have we been doing all of a sudden, right? And it was, it was, it was a wake up call, right? It was a wake up call because so many people are in delusion about what it takes to be financially independent, right? Like we're, like we're young. We're like, I'm never going to be like my, no disrespect to my parents, but I'm not going to be like my parents. I'm going to be this. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm ambitious. I got a side hustle. Okay, cool. Well, let's, let's paint the picture. All right. What are you doing so wildly financially different outside of your theory and of your aspirations and what they might yield? What are you doing so wildly different than your parents that leads you to believe that when you're 60, you won't be at Walmart handing out stickers? You know what I'm saying? Retirement is about resources, not about age, mm. right? It's about resources. You know, like you can be retired at 35. My, my goal, I'm 33. Mm. My goal is to be completely financially independent by 35. Mm. Now, here's what I mean by that. What I mean by that is I have enough money from my assets that produce enough income to cover my lifestyle. That's all retirement is. Right, retirement isn't let me build up a nest egg of five million dollars and draw down from the portfolio. That's the old way, mm-hmm. right? The new way is how can I create assets that pay me a business asset? How can I create assets that pay me that I don't have to trade my time for that can cover my liabilities, that can cover my lifestyle, right? And so many people miss that, and they're in, in real delusion about what it takes to get there. It takes effort. Like I do a lot of stuff that I, you know, on a humble on a humble tip, there's a lot of stuff I could do that I don't do. Mm-hmm. Right. Because I want financial freedom. I'm not after flexing. I want financial freedom. Mm-hmm. And so many people do so many things that look good. Like some of the people that you probably know that travel and they like, like, man, they are getting it. But when but they're going to have to work forever to keep it up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so my mentality of being immersed in that space of just seeing people like realizing that, whoa, I'm way you see the back end. Yeah. That's the difference. You actually see the numbers is mm-hmm. different. Stun whatever, because we don't you don't see everybody's bank account, right? But you seeing okay, hold up, I'm I'm, whoa, I see it, and I see your lifestyle, mm-hmm. and doing the math, and then you like this compute, right? I always tell people y'all want to post them revenue screenshots, hit that little hit that little screen instead of posting them screenshots, hit that little that little screen down. that little screen recording on the bank account. So let's see what's let's see what that net profit's hitting for. You know what I'm saying? Like like the internet is a, is a tricky place, man. It'll have you. That's why I, I hate when people compare themselves, like. As to your point, I see the real. I know who, who's really getting it. I know who's really not getting it. And it's not about like putting their business on front street. It's about saying, I need to be objective about what it takes to achieve the life that I actually want and stop flexing for the internet. Because as you've seen, there's a variable with that, right? Because mm-hmm. if you know yourself and some people's lifestyles, maybe if you, if you, your, your expenses maybe a thousand a month and you make four grand as a teacher, well, shoot, you might be, if you do the right things and you're in a life, really good space, that, that's, that's way better than the average person. But I think we misinterpret the average person in the finance. So can you just talk about some of the, cause you probably seen it all, like some of the, um, the false realities that, that, that go on in this space. And, and I, I, this is, I want to give you the opportunity. Cause I mean, there's, there's, I think a 25% of podcasts, we have true experts on what they do. Um, and this is the, this is the opportunity to punch people in the mouth. 
And because, I mean, sometimes we, I know we are audience, we have feel good stories and whatnot, but at certain points, we need to get punched in the mouth to then get knocked down on the floor, mm-hmm. go back, reset, and then come back because um, in this finance piece, we need to be punched. Like, I, I had to be, life had to punch me in the mouth, and it still punched me in the mouth, but it, the, the, the hits ain't hard as it were. Because it just did not click on me. Because I all you always think you the objections to the rule. Everybody. Oh, yeah, I'm going to be the guy like you said. Oh, yeah. shoot, I'm just going to grind. I'm not going to have no 401k. I'm not going to do nothing. I'm going to cash it out. Right, right. And it, it could work. Could. But 99%, of, 99.9% of the time, it don't work. You're right. not the exception until you are the obsession. Cool. So exactly. kind of just hit. This is your top opportunity to hit people in the mouth. In a, in a loving way. In terms of just like misconceptions when people think about money? Misconceptions yeah. okay. and then some hard realities. Yeah. So I know a lot of people that watch your show are probably like ambitious, up and coming entrepreneurs, yep. side hustlers, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is and like- corporate thugs. Corporate thugs too. Okay. So the thing is like, so let's start, let's start there because a lot of people work, right? A lot of people yeah. aren't in this entrepreneurial space, right? So people who work, right? Yeah. Like if you're putting, let's do some quick math, right? Your employer matches your 401k dollar for dollar. Anywhere between four to six percent. Mm-hmm. I know this because I've I've seen all of them, right? Mm-hmm. Four to six percent. Best case scenario, dollar for dollar. Sometimes sometimes they don't even match dollar for dollar, right? Mm-hmm. So let's let's say it's six percent, and let's say you contribute to the max, which is also uncommon. Most people don't. So now you got twelve percent, you know, basically contribution every year. Great, not even counting the returns or the you know all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So tell me how, in your mind, you think that you're putting away twelve percent of your gross salary. You're living off 100% of your net, not really saving much. How do you think that's, that story is going to end with you having enough money to live off of 20, 30 years down the road? You're only tucking away 12%. Just because your employer has set that threshold doesn't mean it's all you need to put away. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? A lot of people think, oh, I'm maxing out my 401k or I'm, I'm maxing out my match on my employer. Not enough. Mm-hmm. Maxing out your 401k. Not enough. Um, and people just got to realize it takes way more than you think to become financially independent. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first thing uh, for my for my side hustlers, my entrepreneurs, all my folks, you know, all, all those ambitious people. Look, mm-hmm. to your point, <laughs> uh, there's no guarantee that your business is going to win. There's no guarantee that your business is going to be profitable. Right. Your business has a tax ID number. You have a social security number. Yeah. Right. These are two separate things. Uh-huh. Right. And if you don't start prioritizing building your wealth individually and stop putting it off, like, well, I'm gonna wait till I get that big bag and that big contract in the B2B place. Speaking and, my life, yeah. You know what Everybody saying? wanna get B2B, I'm gonna get right. the next and like, yeah. Yep. If you 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 keep waiting on that, okay. And, but the reality is there's the, a thing called compound interest, right? And there's this misconception that if I just wait until it pops, I'm gonna have so much money, I can rectify all the wrongs <laughs> uh, of the first, you know, earlier twenties. 30, first 30. First 30, you know what I'm saying? First 35, Exactly. You know, there's some misconception. I'm going to just wipe the slate clean. (laughs) But you've missed out on so much time from a compound interest standpoint. That's going to take three times the amount of effort to catch up. It's not going to be like, oh, I'm here now. Let me just get rocking and roll. It's going to take three times the effort, right? Mm -hmm. And so you got to start incrementally prioritizing yourself as an individual, right? You know, Greg E. Hill is different than, what's the name of your business? Greggy Hill and Associates. Right. It's different, right? That may or may not win, mm-hmm. right? And, and God willing, if you hear, you know, 70, 80, 90, mm-hmm. like you got to have a plan regardless of what's going to happen here, mm-hmm. right? So am I putting myself on payroll? Am I paying myself something? Am I living off that? Am I tucking away at least a little something mm-hmm. every single month for me, regardless of the success of the business? Not like, well, you know what? I, I got to just do what I can. I'm going to make a little withdrawal just to cover some stuff when I need to cut. Like, no. You're an employee of your business. Mm-hmm. Put yourself on payroll. And then if you keep seeing year after year that that ain't happening, mm-hmm. you got to ask yourself a tough question. 
Let me look at my business model. Am I generating enough money? If I can't put myself on payroll and pay myself, do I have a business here? Mm. Right? And that's, that's a tough pill to swallow, right? But swallowing that pill will force you to objectively look at and scrutinize what's going on in my business. What are my revenue streams? What are my profit margins? What are my costs of goods sold? Yeah, I see dollars coming in, but that bank account number ain't really moving or staying the same every month, right? You gotta start connecting the dots on what's actually happening so that you can create some profit and then reinvest the profit. And you know what I'm saying? And that's the misconception that entrepreneurs make that because I can just go out and get a bag, it'll always work. Mm-hmm. But all you're doing is chasing your own tail. Mm. You know, you have to put systems and infrastructure in place. Automation trumps determination, right? You need to automate your wealth building, right? I don't care how small it is. I don't care if it's 50 bucks a month, 100 bucks a month. You need to pay yourself. You need to pay yourself first in the form of your actual salary. So you know what you're living off of. And then in the form of your ability to build wealth. And it's been made so easy now. You can buy fractional shares in the mm-hmm. stock market, right? You don't have to have $3,000 to buy one share of Amazon. Mm-hmm. Right. You can outsource it to people like me who, who can build it for you. But like you got to prioritize the long game. You know what I'm saying? Because people are motivated by two things to avoid pain or to seek pleasure. Mm-hmm. Right. And the, and the tricky part about that narrative is if you're avoiding pain, it typically is going to lead you to seek pleasure to avoid that pain. And then that becomes a vicious mm-hmm. cycle. Right. And so there has to be a heightened level of objectivity when it comes to like, where am I at? Where am I at in my life? Self-awareness. Let me open up the unopened mail. Let me answer the 800 numbers, right? Yeah. We talked about that like jokingly like a few weeks ago, right? Yeah. Let me open up the mail. Let me let me call the 800 numbers back. Let me take control yeah. over my financial life. And there's three ways. Number one, it is massive awareness, right? If you keep hiding the mail in the junk drawer, if you keep not calling the bill collector, if you keep not checking your credit report, if you keep not wanting to check your business bank account, if you keep not wanting to check the P&L, you don't have massive awareness. The first step to change, you got to be massively aware. Let's take fitness and health, for, for example. You know, the easiest way to be massively aware, take your shirt off. Don't suck in. Don't angle. Look at yourself. Naked, raw. What do I look like? Does that look like who I thought I was supposed to look like? Not mm-hmm. from the angle, not from my best picture, not my throwback, but like right now, how do I look, right? Mm-hmm. That's going to tell the story, right? Mm-hmm. Am I eating right? Am I exercising? You tell me, go look in the mirror, mm-hmm. you know, massive awareness. Look yourself in the eye and say, okay, where am I at? Mm-hmm. What's the bank balance? What's the investment account balance? What's the credit score? Be aware. And then don't look at it one time. Have a plan to look at that thing weekly, every mm-hmm. day if you have to. Because if not, it's so easy to get back in the groove of doing the same stuff, of not really taking the action to take you to the next level, right? So massive awareness is the first thing. You've got to know where you're at. Then massive accountability, mm-hmm. right? Massive accountability, whether it's a coach or a friend or a spouse. Mm-hmm. Once you become massively aware, you need to put it out to the universe, to the world, to your circle, to somebody. Hey, look, this is where I'm at and this is where I'm trying to go. And I'm giving you full reign and full permission to, to hold me accountable. And this is a system for accountability because it's not on them. The system is I'm going to follow up with you every Monday. Put a place on your calendar for five, for five minutes to, to know that Greg is going to send you a text that he did X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Create some system for massive accountability. Mm-hmm. Because if you're a real individual, it's only so long you're going to be able to go to keep showing up <laughs> and, and, and not right doing what you said you're going to do. It's mm-hmm. defeating, right? So massive accountability, mm-hmm. right? And then of course, if you have, if you have massive accountability, that's going to drive massive action, mm-hmm. right? The action to actually commit consistently, relentlessly to being who you say you are a hundred percent of the time. You know what I mean? Um, I have personally I have a champion's checklist, yeah. right? And it's very binary. 
did you do this? Did you, yes or no? There isn't there's like, oh, well, there was rain into that. Like it's <laughs> binary, right? It's a champion's checks, checklist. And it takes what, the thing about winning is it takes what it takes. Mm. Nothing more, nothing less. You see people on Instagram, you know, back flipping off of, uh, off of stuff and doing all these crazy workouts and all that kind of stuff. That's cool. Like it's entertaining and we're in a space to like try to get new followers. But the reality is that you can do some very basic fundamental workouts. You can eat some, a very basic standard diet. You can get the, some amazing results with your body, right? Mm. People are looking for sexy, for exciting to overcompensate for the work, mm. right? It's, 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 it's already laid out. Like there's no game I can give you that hasn't been laid before. You might receive it better from me because maybe you like my sauce versus someone else we talked about before too. Yeah. But like at the end of the day, the game is the game. Like, so stop looking for these like, the shiny ball to solve your problem. Like it's not an extreme workout that you need. It's not a fancy fad diet. It's not keto. It's consuming less calories, right? Than you burn. Mm-hmm. It's working out. It's like, if there's no, there's nothing else fancy. It's saving less. It's spending less than you make. It's tucking it away. Like it's all simple. But what happens is we get so attracted to the big, shiny, sexy ball because we think that that's going to get us out of our situation faster so that we can avoid the work. Mm. And that's not the truth. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's, I don't know if that's as pretty much as raw as I can give yeah, it. Yeah. That's, like, that's, that's, that's there. That's exactly what, um, man, you was on fire right there. So now let's, let's go like this. Break down to our audience, man. Um, the current things that you're working on right now in your business, man, because I mean, um, on a high level, I think, yeah, cause I, I, I don't want to try to break it down. So what fastest, Currently, yeah. Um, are you working out and where people that, that where can people gain and get more information? Not gonna gain and get more information. Where can people like what can be tapped into and what is something you can ascertain to? You feel me? Yeah. That you already are currently have. 100 percent So um through my firm, Capital Wise, yep. Uh it's kind of a, a two-pronged approach, right? Okay. So if you're someone that says, Hey, look, whether I'm a working professional or an entrepreneur, I want to get started in investing. I don't know where to start. Um, and I would love to have somebody guide me through that process. Now, because we've really streamlined that process, um, people can open up accounts in a very automated way and still get world-class asset management, right? I'm, you know, me and my firm are still the ones that are rebalancing, placing the trades, doing the asset allocation, all that kind of stuff, right? So if you're getting, whether you got $50 or $500,000, you can open up an investment account through our firm that we mentioned. And that's not a, it's not a retirement account, right? It's no. just an investment. So we have the option for retirement accounts, uh-huh. but you can just open up a managed account that doesn't have the retirement provision. And that's essentially what that is, is I have money. I give it to y'all to invest. Is it, is it kind of like, yeah, break it down for the novice. Cause I'm, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm myself. hundred, hundred percent. So like, if you, if you were to go online right now and Google, like, Places to invest my money. You'll see a Charles Schwab, Fidelity, mm-hmm. TD Ameritrade, Robinhood, all these places come up, right? Yeah. And you can go there very simply, search a ticker, and a ticker is a couple letters that represent the name of the company, and buy shares of that company. A share just represents a unit of ownership, right? The, the problem with that is you don't necessarily know how much to buy, how much it should make up inside of your portfolio based upon like how much you are already investing through work or not through work. And so what our firm does is we take the heavy lifting away by you answer a few questions. We're immediately able to understand your risk tolerance. And what that means is the level of risk you're willing to take for the potential reward. Mm -hmm. And based upon that, that gives us the ability to select the right investments for you. Right. So so that way, if you take one hundred dollars, a thousand dollars, ten thousand dollars, you open up an account through our firm. We are able to select investments based upon the the way you answer those questions and do it for you. Right. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about what's going on in the market. 
we've already worried about that. We, we already know, we know when to rebalance, right? We know when to make shifts. We know when to change the asset allocation. Uh, we, we, we know when the entry points are to buy different shares, right? Mm-hmm. So as long as you're making those monthly contributions, you don't have to, you can just make a one-time lump sum. But as long as you're invested with us, the dynamic of your account is always taken care of based upon the way you answer the questions when you create the account. And we're able to manage that for you. Mm. So you is it like, can you get it out at any time? And um, is there like a debit card associated with it? Or is it kind of all transactional? Like, because I mean, and then would you recommend for those that say, if you have a 401k and then you do some individual trading, but you want to see some like, is it, can you see the results real time? Like what's the- Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so we, so we have institutional relationships with all the companies I just mentioned, right? Yep. With the exception of Robinhood, that's direct to consumer. Um, so what that means is your money, you never write a check to George Achenpong or you never write a check to Capitalize unless you write a check to Capitalize if it's like a, a, a consulting, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you're paying me for my time. But when you move your money over, you're moving it to a custodian that we have a relationship with, right? Mm-hmm. So you're moving it over to a, Charles Schwab, a Vanguard, or whoever we have a relationship with, and we just have the discretion to be able to go in and manage the money, right? We can't pull the money out, right? So what happens is you fund the account. Most people fund it by just connecting their checking account, right? They fund the account, and then we have the authority to place trades and manage it. We don't have the authority to pull money out, right? So you log into your dashboard. You can see the performance since inception. You can see how to make a new deposit. You can withdraw right back to your bank account whatever you want, but it's all visible, all transparent. And then whenever we make any moves, whether it's placing a trade, rebalancing, dividend reinvestment, you'll get a notification every time, mm-hmm. right? So it's it's a very intuitive platform. It's not mm-hmm. something where it's like fly by night and you're like, well, I wrote this check to George and Capital. Man, so you have a streamlined to the point where anybody can join at any time. Yeah. Um, you go to my website right now and open up an account. Oh, what I was I was asking for, would you recommend those that Say if you have a separate retirement account, right? Say with a Betterment or something like that, right? Uh-huh. Automated investor. Then you have, you kind of doing some own individual stuff. Like you just bought 10 shares of Apple, boom, you got that chilling. But then you're sitting here like, wow, man, this is a, a black owned company. But most importantly, they do good work. Is, is, it a, is it a good strategy to have it in different pockets or, and I know this is so many different scenarios and versions. Yeah. But for the novice person, or do you go with one thing? Um, it's really just what your appetite is, right? Cause honestly, like it goes back to like the sexy, right? Like, Ooh, if I have it over here, I got multiple things going on. Cause people tell you, Oh yeah, you need to have it everywhere. But I'm like, bro, that's so sometimes it's not, it's not, it's not that deep. You know, honestly, like you can, you can pick, like you can pick a place, right? Who, cause what you got to realize is 401k, IRA, like all that stuff is just IRS tax code, right? And by and large, a lot of the investments that you can select can be the same across the board. They're just going to be treated different from a taxation perspective, mm-hmm. right? And so you can have an account in one place, consolidate, maybe you have your retirement account and then have your investment account. Um, but you don't necessarily need to have it in multiple places. Now, if you, all you have is something through work, then yeah, you, then you find one place outside of work mm-hmm. where you can invest your money, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if you have everything outside of work, Nine times out of 10, that firm is going to have the ability for you to roll over your retirement account, mm-hmm. right? And also open up an investment account. So we have the ability for people to roll over their 401ks or their IRAs, and then they can also open up an investment account through our firm. So keep it simple because simple simplicity is what's going to make you be more consistent. When you have to like wonder, like, I got to log into this account and that account, and this account, wonder what this one's doing. Like, it's going to be harder for you, especially if you don't have someone else doing it for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So keep it as simple as possible. Almost every investment investment institution is going to allow you to have multiple accounts, mm-hmm. account types in one place. So if you found one you like, 
more than others, consolidate and keep it simple. Mm. What's your, what's your, what's your uh, I, guess, I know it's probably on site, but how have your returns been uh, over the last couple of years? And Strong. It, uh-huh. um, now, being that I'm in the investment advisory industry, it's, it's tricky, right? Like we can't even have testimonials mm. because what it does is it creates this illusion that like past performance you know. In the case future, yeah. And then, oh, we did twenty nine percent this year. And like, okay, boom, you going in there? Exactly. Hey, we're we getting twenty nine. Yeah. So I mean, we we the, the short answer is we've done well. Mm. Um, you know, we've definitely outpaced the S and P by a long shot. Mm. Um, so we've done we've done well. I can't give specifics because again, just marketing compliance to cont- uh complexities. But we've done well, outpaced the S and P, and this year actually, uh, we've done exceptionally well. Um, despite you know what's happened in the markets. So. And so is is the goal initially and in, in the future. Even now, going neck and neck with the betterments, the robo advisors, but robo, it's a different industry, right? Robo, um, yeah, well, yeah, yes and no, right? So, I, I want to the good thing about robo is it offers a level of scale that anybody can like just open up an account and they do it so efficiently that you don't have to do yeah, a lot of that account account with betterment, that's right? And so, actually, we have an institutional relationship with betterment, right? Uh-huh. Meaning that I can go into betterment, use their platform, and build my own model portfolio. With the ETFs and stuff that they have available, oh, wow. right? So anybody, so it's great. Anybody that has a Betterment account, I'm like, hey, look, all you gotta do is assign it to me, and I and I have more access to more funds through their platform oh. to build a portfolio on top of that. And all you have oh, to do is literally, call. yeah, yeah, no. literally send an email to support. Hey, please assign my account to this guy, and then I'll be able to go in and revamp the portfolio because Betterment is gonna make it very like cookie cutter, which is fine. It works. I love Betterment, but they give their advisors Betterment for advisors the ability to go in and create like their own. Model portfolios leveraging their platform. Got you, got mm-hmm. you, got you. And so, then- but to answer your question, my goal is to have the level of access, at like betterment, in terms of like pe- people can go online and just open up their account, but have more flexibility to invest in different things. Because mm-hmm. with betterment is great, like they're picking the ETFs for you, but like the last thing you want is a client picking up the phone and saying, "Hey, look, man, I see Apple's about to split. Can we buy some Apple?" And it's like, "Well, not." Not through this particular account, you can't. You know what I'm saying? So I want it to be as streamlined as a betterment, but to have more flexibility than a traditional brokerage. So account. capital, capital-wise, essentially. So say if I have an E-Trade account, is it I give you access to manage the E-Trade, like, or do I actually put the bread in you and then y'all buy it? Like, right. So we'd we'd have to have an institutional relationship with whoever the person has an account with, right? So if it's like right now we have an institutional relationship with Betterment, yeah. Charles Schwab and TD Ameritrade. Okay. Right. So if a client has an individual account with them, nine times out of ten, we can easily move it over. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I got you. I got you. Yeah. So outside of capitalize, what's next? Yeah, man. Um, so Melanin Money, mm-hmm. uh, rock, rocking it, you know, right now. Black mm-hmm. brilliant billionaire, billionaire in the making. So Melanin Money you got is some merch on you too? I don't. I also so I got somebody that handles it, but um, yeah, so I don't, unfortunately. Okay. But yeah, so Melanin Money started out as, like I said, a movement to help 100,000 people of color invest their first or next $1,000, right? Mm-hmm. To make it tangible. Because I knew like $1,000, for some people might feel a little aspirational, but for the average person, for the most person, they can muster up. Even, even if it's not at one time, they you can, can muster up 1000 yeah. right? And it feels tangible because most people think like working with an advisor, I mean, you got to have a quarter million, million dollars. You got to have some money stacked up. Because a lot of the advisors are doing well. They, y'all pulling up in rapes online. It's like you seeing the visual, the investing, like... You make it seem like, well, damn, if I don't got a race or a jag or I ain't, I don't, I don't cooling up with the Verde, I'm like, you feel me? Yeah, yeah. The industry, y'all industry, man, is weird, bro. Like, well, y'all... that's the thing. <laughs> there's financial advisors, there's financial educators. Yeah. It's like, we haven't done a good job of like delineating the differences, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you go to a hospital, 
you know who the, the heart surgeon is, you know who the neurosurgeon is, you know what their expertise is. You know who the nurse is. Anybody, exactly. Anybody can call themselves a financial advisor, right? But uh -huh. what do you do? What are your credentials, right? Who have you helped, right? What assets have you managed? So because of that, you might see someone who's calling themselves a financial advisor, but they might not be. Not from an industry standpoint. No offense to custodians, but custodians doing surgery. Like, hold up, bro. Like, you look, you can, you look, you, you got the doctor outfit on. You're yeah. still a custodian. You sit here, you don't know what you're doing, but you look sweet. Right, right, exactly. So we haven't done the, the which is why I got on the advisory council for the yeah. industry, right? <laughs> to change that. Cause I'm like, yo, we gotta do better. <laughs> um, but so melanin money wanted to make it tangible, right? Mm -hmm. But then I realized with about a year and a half in, so I created the merch just for like a walking billboard, right? It's like, yo, like, let's productize the intangible. Yeah. Right. Um, you know who Alex Wolf is? Yeah. Yeah. So she was on the podcast about uh -huh. a couple months ago. And when she was breaking down like Jay-Z's business model and just the, in the music industry in general, like, and she said what they get right when they do it right is they learn how to productize the intangible, mm -hmm. right? So when you hear these songs, you know, they, they evoke an emotion and it's like when they come out, so when they come out with the Ace of Spades or they have the, or they have these physical manifestations of it, you don't mind paying a lot of money. For like Travis because, Scott with his merch and how, exactly. I mean, like I, I literally bought a $50 tenant t-shirt with the yeah. shipping i'm like why do i do that but like it's it's, it's t scott like exactly it's, it's the emotion like, they productize this some this emotion that you felt right mm -hmm. and which is intangible right and so with melanin money that was my goal right before i knew the concept my goal was like hey look i need to create this these walking billboards for black wealth right yeah. so we got this shirt the black brilliant billionaire in the making we got normalized black wealth we got some new shirts dropping melanin millionaire which is fire we got a bunch of sh shirts dropping right but my goal in the beginning was mm -hmm. like Let's just use this to get the word out. But then it kind of took on an identity of its own. And so I was like, okay, what I'm realizing about the melanin money movement is that we really have to create this ecosystem mm -hmm. that educates people on all things black wealth, right? So whether I want to understand how to invest in real estate, the stock market, venture capital, like, mm -hmm. so now it's evolving into this platform. So now we're, we're at melanin money. The biggest question is, are you opening this? Are you going to be able to open it this year? Oh, like, uh, like, are you are you still accepting that the thousand? Like, what's the? Yeah, so that's the ongoing. That's an ongoing thing, right? And so, like I said, we we the Black Wealth Friday campaign. Yeah, was something that we did. It's just kind of just like a, another catalyst to to spark that, right? And again, six hundred thousand in, in thirty six hours, which is huge. Uh, Does that go into capital wise, or that goes a separate thing? Yeah, capital wise, okay. right? So all those people opened up accounts uh, with our firm. Um, so that was dope. Um, but. So now, again, like I was saying, now the goal is to evolve melanin money into more of this, this black wealth ecosystem, right? Yeah. So stock market is, is one piece of it, right? But in order for this to really work, people need to be very well-rounded and well-versed mm -hmm. on all aspects of what it means to be black wealth, you know, from your business to, to real estate, uh, to planning, like you exactly said, all of that, right? So my long-term goal, 36 months, let's put a time on it. My 36-month goal is to start turning melanin money into more of a, a media hub, right? So it's like, I know I can come, when I think of black wealth and I want to learn, this is where I go, right? Um, and then it evolves into, let's look at it almost like, it's probably not be the best analogy, but take match.com and take uh, like a crowdfunding platform, right? And so, and bring them, to, bring them together is going to be called Afro Capital. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Underneath the melanin money brand. Gotcha. So I've already started to like do the behind the scenes stuff, but that's the long term vision for melanin money. It's mm. this ecosystem of all things black wealth. But you, we start with education, which gives me the runway so that when we turn the switch on, it's like, of course it makes sense that I can transact here. I've been learning the game here 
for the past, you know, five years. Like, of course, when they when they turn the switch on for us to be able to make the transaction, it, you know, this is the place where I would do it. At, right? mm -hmm. Is there anything else that you want to share uh, as far as that? Or those are the key things that you want to keep the focus? Yeah. So we talked about Pocket Advisor, Melanin Money, Capital Wise, and everything else is just like behind the scenes stuff yeah. that I do personally, mm -hmm. right? Obviously, I invest in in things, you know, personally, right? So I have a holdings company, Action Pong Acquisitions. It's not a public facing company. It's just what I use to buy my assets. Um, so I'm really interested personally in multifamily real estate. So looking to do my first multifamily deal, hopefully the top of next year. Mm -hmm. um, other than that, oh yeah, I'm so I, I invest in a few startups. I have five uh, early stage startups under my belt that I've invested in, hoping for at least one one positive exit. Mm. Um, so yeah. Mm. And man, there's so much more we can discuss. We just don't have all the time, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna double up on some stuff, man. Um, so now let's let's jump into a couple quick th quick things before we go to our rapid fire round. Um, if you had an opportunity to come and say your 18 year old self walked downstairs and sat yeah. right here and he said, "Yo, uh, give me some advice and don't be deep and be like, well, don't change your blah blah blah. Like, nah, don't take the cop out. Answer this question. I need right. some advice, man." Um, not so I can live a different life, but I can enhance the life that I'm going to live. What would you share? Borrow as much cheap money as possible and invest in the stock market. Mm. What does that look like? Because I mean, I do want to have this caveat. I, I meant it in how God works. We have a lot of students that are on, that that that, that, um, that tune into this podcast. Mm -hmm. So I, I did want to give you just a couple minutes um, to really share some practical advice for students, i.e., high school or college on things they can do right now to really start owning their money journey. Yeah. Uh, one of the things is learn a difficult skill set, a skill set that people shy away from. Even if you're not deeply passionate about it, learn it because it'll always give you a way to make money. For example, like everybody hates the IRS. Everybody, right? Taxes, everybody. Like, so if you become a tax strategist, if you, if you understand the skill of helping people avoid taxes, even if you're not super passionate about that, you always have a way to make money. Right. If you understand tech or computer, like un or editing, editing, right, video, right, mm -hmm. understand a skill set that most people don't want to learn how to do, mm -hmm. right? Because what that does is that literally gives you a tool to make money. Like for example, full transparency, right? Like I was looking at my revenue goals for this month, and I looked at how close we were to the end of the month, and we were behind. So I made two calls because I have a skill set. I made two calls in my pipeline and made five figures in two hours mm -hmm. because of a skill set, mm -hmm. right? And so I want people to focus on, like your passion is great, right? But you, but you don't want to put too much pressure on your passion, right? Mm. Like you want to be able to thrive in your passion. Like you want to be able to create this content and these podcasts freely, right? You don't want to have so much pressure. Like, man, I got to monetize. I got to get this contract with this show to get this podcast. Like you want to be able to make this stuff freely, right? Because mm -hmm. I have things that I do, like I was just talking to my, my guy about that I want to just do that it may monetize, it may not, but it's legacy. It's impact. It's fulfillment. And I don't want to put pressure on my passion, right? Mm -hmm. So I want to have a skill set that I can turn on. That like I know I can make this bread, so that I don't have to put pressure on my passion. So find something that most people don't want to do. It take six months, twelve months to refine that skill set. Hey, I can do it. I can do it. And, and and if it's a big enough pain point, people will write a blank check for it. Mm -hmm. Get that under your belt, no matter how much you love it or hate it. So that way, you don't have to put pressure on your passion. And that's a that's a word that I felt one hundred ten percent. I mean. People that's been following the journey is like this year was a year that everything changed for me financially. And I think the biggest thing for me now is allowing me to create content and stuff like this with no pressure. Like literally, 
I don't have to. I don't have to monetize a thing on my podcast. I don't have to monetize merch. I don't have to monetize nothing. Mm-hmm. This, because this is this is it's a it's a and this allows me the freedom and the bandwidth to create how I want. And now I can just tell it's a lightness. It, it's 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 a very surreal experience where you're not just leaning all on your passion. Like you lean on, you press it, and then it becomes a curse. Yeah, exactly. You get, you get stuck with resentment. The thing that you love is like, it ain't generating that capital. You're like, man, I don't like this no more. Like you start to resent the thing that you love. And you don't, you're not resenting the thing that you love is that it has so much, you have so much pressure on it. It's like, bro, like just create freely. You know what I mean? And I might, that might go against like the, the, the starving artist concept or like monetizing everything, but like get yourself to a place where you have your money machine mm. So that the things that you enjoy most you can do because you're going to do it more in excellence because you're enjoying it and then you're probably going to monetize at a higher level anyway. And then I I, I think there's a big misconception because we think of starving artists, we always go to Basquiat and all this other stuff. I think, from and, I, and there's a lot baked into that, but I really think they were in the, in the notion for what I understand where they were comfortable being starving. We have a lot of people that mm-hmm. want to live that starving artist lifestyle they're not comfortable with starving. There's a big difference, right? right. Mm. They were, they lived, they were so eccentric. They were cool with being starving artists. They weren't venting. They weren't asking people like, why am I why not, you not buying my stuff? Like, they yeah. like, no, they created art for the sake. We got a lot of people that try to hide behind starving artists because they don't want to really be proactive, hit deadlines and things like that. I'm sorry. I've been on creative's ass a lot over the last couple of episodes, but I'm getting sick and tired of certain creatives. They don't want to hit deadlines. Mm-hmm. They want to just move with the flow. And you're not Basquiat yet. Like, right. for real, you're not on that level yet. Mm-hmm. You don't breathe it. You you are intensely starving because you choose not to have any framework and stuff. And I'm like, yo, guys, I want to challenge the creatives out there for real, for real. Like, really honor your craft and stop trying to take the easy way out and say, well, I'm a creative and I just go with the flow. But then you're complaining on the back end while you don't have it. Mm-hmm. And you probably see a lot. Like, it's, it's, it's really around those creative notions. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen that a lot? Yeah. I mean, it's and why it, is it? Like, cause it, I, I get frustrated and I, I try to calm down, but it really, I'm like, yo, cause they have so much talent. Yeah. But they don't, they don't stick to deadlines. They don't honor no proposals. Uh, it's so annoying, bro. It's so annoying. Um, cause I, cause again, cause I, I like to create content too. So I'm always relying on those. Like, people. I can like, count on whoa to show yeah. up. You got some creative is like, well, you didn't do XYZ. It's always an excuse. It's always mm-hmm. this why they can't do the work. Yeah. Is it cause you don't have the time or you just don't? want to do it like what is yeah, it? yeah it's, it's it's an entitlement thing right like at the end of the day business is business you know what i mean and it's like business requires follow-up business requires follow-through business requires execution i don't care how good you are creating video i don't care how good you are painting pictures like it's still business mm-hmm. right and so it becomes this entitlement that i'm good at this thing i should just organically be attracting all uh, this money no like you need to be a business person mm-hmm. right you need to follow through follow up execute at a high level because that's why you're starving artists, because you're not looking at the numbers, you're not being objective, you don't have infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And you have this entitlement mentality that because I can paint really well, or take really good pictures, or I do great editing on my videos, that you're entitled to think that the money is supposed to just flow. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to what I said earlier about self-awareness though, right? The self-awareness is that maybe those are areas where you're weak in, mm-hmm. And I need to have that part. I need to share a little bread, break a little equity. Rev, say, look, share I'm gonna go bread. out. I'm gonna go out and do my thing, right? I I need you to hold me down on the finance. I need you to hold me down here. I'm gonna still know enough to make sure that I can, you know, make, do my part. But like, we're gonna be a two man approach, right? But mm-hmm. you try to go in and do everything yourself, and then you lose, right? So part of it is having that self awareness to know, you know what? 
I've been beating my head against the wall. I, I ain't got this thing figured out. Let me thrive in my genes. Let me have an operations person who's going to make sure I hit those deadlines or whatever your gap is. Mm -hmm. And then make sure you create a system that can generate enough capital to where everybody can eat, right? Mm -hmm. If Greg can just show up and, and do the podcast, find the guest through his network um, and do what he needs to do to bring in the revenue, can y'all help me manage it when it comes through? You know what I mean? Or whatever the vulnerabilities are for that individuals. But you ain't going to find that if you don't have that self-awareness. And the, the last thing I want to ask is too, and then we're going to go to our rapid is one, how can people take away the mindset of investing in help, not asking for free help, not, I mean, that's cool at certain points, mm -hmm. right? But people want to hold on to the whole pie, right? everything. And it's like, if you could just really say, hey, man, can I get some assistance with this? One, be humble enough to see that you need those needs, mm -hmm. need but then two, really sacrifice some finances in order to get that, right? Because yeah. yeah. now we're, we're 30 and up, even at a young age, we're like, yo, but why is it so hard for people to give? They like, because I, I mean, we're not accustomed to paying for, 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 for services mm -hmm. from, from people. Right. We're accustomed to paying people we don't know, right? But it's like, oh, I need financial advice. Oh, damn, G, for real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. G, can I, can I just holler at you real quick? Nah, like this ain't my livelihood, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why, why? Yeah, so... And even people that work for Amazon, they people that get, it'd be people that don't got no money, and people that got money, they'd be like, yo, and it's like, there's probably certain people in your network that you will jump on a call, and there's a, there's a different context to that. Like, it's a mutually beneficial, right? It's like, I know, like, you know, we're, we're, we're sharing there, and it's valuable, but not you just trying to pick my brain or whatever. <laughs> um, I think it's a shift in mindset on how you view what you do, right? Like, you have to view things as an, as an investment versus an expense, right? For me, when I go out and hire somebody new, I have full-time people to work for me. When I go out and hire someone new, I've quantified, I believe that they're going to provide me three X return. It's not an expense. So I'm, I'm not, so it's not hard for me to stomach paying them 50,000 or 60,000. Cause it's like, all right, I've done the objective math to know that these are the things that they're going to fulfill. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, okay, well, I should be able to make 150 of that. Right. And that's how corporate America does. It. You just don't know it. Right. What made me want to become an entrepreneur is when I got offered a certain amount of money and I was like, wait, if they're willing to pay me that, if they're, not, if they're not in the business of breaking even or just giving me money because mm -hmm. I'm this great human being. Right? And that sounds arbitrary, but like this was back in 20, well, excuse me, 2009, 2010, you know, like before I, before I transitioned into like doing what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. And I did get an offer for Coca-Cola for another position. And I was just like, if they're willing to pay me that, like, what am I? You know, I probably, I didn't know. I'm not going to lie. I didn't know what I was worth. I was like, I'm probably worth more than that. Mm -hmm. I got to figure that out. And so when you start quantifying things and looking at them from a, objectively from an ROI standpoint versus just like, oh, I think this would be a good course. Or I think this would be good to learn from Greg. Or I think like, no, what is the tangible thing that I'm hoping, planning to get out of this investment, mm -hmm. right? So let's look at like if you hire a business coach. Mm -hmm. Right now I'm making... X amount of dollars. Mm -hmm. I'm expecting that if I hire this, and it gives you the right questions to ask the person who you're spending the money with. Mm -hmm. Based upon this level of investment, my goal would be able to learn X, Y, and Z that can position me to start earning this. Does your program, does this offer, will it allow me to do that? Right? Ooh. Or, or for investment standpoint, currently I'm investing on my own, don't know where to pick. I'm, if, I'm, if I move this $50,000 over, um, I know you can't give me promises on returns, but like, what do you, what do you think is the likelihood of my, my investment turning into X amount of dollars in 10 years? Or what will my investment potentially turn into in 10 years, right? To the extent that I can share, right? 
and asking the right questions. And then you believe, you understand that everything becomes a cost of doing business at that point, right? If I get more out than I put in, it's a, it's a ROI. Mm-hmm. But when you don't, when you just buy stuff haphazardly and don't quantify what you want out of it, then it becomes an expense. Every time I go into something, it's, a, I already know what I want out of it. Every time, right? And not from a relationship standpoint. I got genuine relationships. I'm not going in and like, hey, I'm meeting with Greg <laughs> in the podcast. I got to get this content so I can leverage this. I'm going to put this in the show notes. Yeah, there's intentionality. Mm-hmm. And, but in certain, certain things, there is just relationship. But for most things, when it comes to business or anything else, you have to be hyper intentional. You just have to shift your mindset from expense to ROI because then you can make the investment. The problem is you can't view it as an investment because you're not you're not looking at it as an investment. Mm-hmm. When I go out and buy shares of Apple or betting a real estate deal, I'm going into it understanding what my ideal exit is. Mm-hmm. If you're not wrapping your head around that, it's gonna be hard for you to spend money on anything. Mm. Wow, 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 man. So let's let's go as we as we close our rapid fire round. I got five uh, rapid fire questions and uh, let's get it. All right, how rapid? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, um, number one, man, uh, what's the best piece of advice that you have never received? That I have never received. Um, start way before you're ready because you'll fail five times before somebody starts once and you'll always have a head start. Mm. If you could add one habit and take away one habit, what would they be? I would add, like that I don't have or that I want to improve on. Whatever. I would add extreme focus, right? Because yeah. one of the gifts, one of the gifts and curses of ambition is you could do multiple things at, at one time. I would love to just be able to really just shut out like other ambitions at times, just to be so so laser locked in on one particular thing. Um, I would love to add that. Um, one thing I would take away is lack of patience, which is probably is is a is a co- directly correlates to what I just said. Like when you can see the enemy of vision is sight. Mm. Right. And when you can see 30 years down the road, you can see exactly what it is. You want it right now. I know where my life is headed. And I'm grateful for that because everybody doesn't have vision, but it creates sometimes this level of like angst. Like I want to get there when I know I just need to just trust the process and keep rolling. Oh yeah. No, I'm dealing with that right now. It's like um I don't I'm patient, mm-hmm. but I'm I'm very impatient. Yeah, so like saying because mm-hmm. I can't especially Especially when stuff is urgent critical. I know it's like, well, it's urgent critical to you, but it's not urgent critical to me. It's like, hold up, but you, but you said you want X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no way to get it without rapid, I think you said it in a we're like rapid implementation. Right. Somebody sends me some, oh, I'm booking flight right here. Like, some person laid some real knowledge on me on real estate as far as the, the auction market. And I could tell they was vetted. They do, they do the information. Oh, the next auction's in, um, in October and, um, in St. Louis. Okay, cool. Boom. Right in. Book the flight. Mm-hmm. We get it. Call them. Other people are like, well, yeah, all right, G, well, shoot, man, like, cause she shoot me the information. Hey, trust me, bro. She, I know, I know her. She, and then she has, she's, is, is well thorough or whatever. Well, I mean, I'll let you know in a week. But no, that's why I don't work with groups. Like, I'm like, it's rapid because guess what? You missed that wave. Now all of a sudden you're gonna be mad when now I done put 150 on the board cash. Right. Because I, I implemented fast and you just sitting here trying to still, I'm trying to, it out and yeah. But I mean, that's a curse because sometimes then you just rush and just, yeah, and but, mess but, with other people. But, but you end up winning more in the long run. Yeah. So, so it goes back to what I said about like, I'll lose, I might fail five times, mm-hmm. but I'm still way ahead of you because I was willing to like implement quickly. Mm-hmm. So it ends up working, working itself out in the long run. But yeah, to your point, of course, in perfect scenario, sharp, sharpen twice, cut once, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's like sometimes you got to jump on those opportunities, especially in this finance world, like people that jump on opportunities in this market. I mean, yeah. I'm seeing, I saw, I, I, mm. 
it, it, that's a whole different podcast. Like, bro, I I, uh, I got some stuff that's up 100% since March. It's and that's and this light. This other, you know, you know the game. This stuff that you probably missed on you, like, yeah, it's just. But that's that's a whole different podcast. Salesforce went up 26% in one day. It's a sad podcast because it's just. Man, we got to have the drinks on that, man. It's some kind yeah. that. Um, what's the best piece? No, 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 no. Okay. Um, what is your favorite movie or book and why? Favorite movie or book? I can do either or. Either or. Book, I love Start With Why by Simon Sinek. Because mm-hmm. um, it really helped me reframe like my purpose and like, you know, how I view things. Um, for like a ta- on a tactical level, uh, I would say uh, rocket fuel for my business owners that gave me a lot of my mentality for building a real business, mm. right? Like the operations, the structure, um, how to scale, like those things. So rocket fuel, I would say even above traction, because I know some people that watch your podcast would love to have that infrastructure and like have that like tangible, like what can I do versus more of the high level theory. Mm. Um, uh, rocket fuel is a great book for giving you the perspective on how to build your business mm. right way. And then uh, what's your biggest fear? My biggest fear is running out of time. I have a big vision. Um, huge vision. And I've done a lot to, 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 to some people's standards, but I have so much more to do. Um, so much more to do. My biggest fear is like, and I execute, but my biggest fear is just run out of time. Mm. Um, life is fleeting. Uh, you know, like we just talked about Chadwick Boseman, you never know what's coming your way. I overcame a health journey in 2016 and it's been, we got to get a part too, man. We didn't even got hit to, that. Got to that. We'll, we'll, we going to circle back. That's yeah. a huge yeah. But it's been so rich that we yeah. just been in the mix. Been going, going, going yeah, at it, man. So yeah. that's good. We can come back and do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would just say my biggest fear is running out of time. Like I have so much on my heart that I want to get out to the world and I hope that I can I can do it in my lifetime. Mm. And then the the last question um before we wrap it up uh and get the final the final nuclear is uh if you were the president of the United States, what's the first thing you would do? First thing I would do is a prep, uh, reparations. Yeah, yeah. Everybody <laughs> says that. It's yeah, every yeah, single yeah. one. Like, okay. yeah. No, nah, I, I, I would, I would unravel the current educational infrastructure. Uh-huh. I would completely revamp the educational infrastructure, um, to make sure that people are learning things that can immediately make them money when they graduate. Uh-huh. Right now, it's, it's still too hot, too fluff. I'm glad that the internet has exposed that and people can buy courses and, but I would unravel the, the, um, the educational infrastructure, because one of the most important things I learned in life is that the most expensive thing that you'll ever do or ever have is the cost of not knowing, right? If there's information that exists that can show you how to make a million dollars and you don't have that information, it's the most expensive thing, right? So the cost of not knowing, I want people to know the information, the game and the insights that can transform their life and give them a path for implementation. Mm. So just revamping the educational infrastructure of the country. So as we wrapped up that, man, um, this bit, uh, like I said, I knew it, legendary show, one of the best shows I ever recorded. Literally, literally, my man, literally. So um, we always wrap it up. Everybody's a culture change agent that comes on this show. Um, so we had to change one thing about the culture, uh, most specifically African-American culture. What would it be and why? I, I would change the desire to wear, wear your wealth. Um, you know, like I said earlier, there's a lot of things I could do that I don't do. Uh, really shifting people's mindset on what it means to be free, right? Because a lot of times we we buy stuff to show what we have, and I just wish people were more content with who they were as a person, so that they could take that same energy and and, and build their wealth privately to really put themselves and their family in a really the good community. place in the community. 
to put, put everybody in a, a really good place economically versus just blowing a bag to show that I got it by the race to show that I got it, right? Especially if you ain't, I mean, this way, you know, you people, there's people that got by race that they get in the auction, they find the back channels, et cetera, then okay, it's a different story. But there's people that's really pay a full price for stuff. Right, exactly, exactly. Because you got it now, but you ain't in, you ain't got the plan. These are you gonna have it in five years? Exactly. Um, so really, I, just shifting that that the, the, what it means to be free. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because um, our culture just loves to loves to flex. Yeah. And I pray that those that made a lot of gains out of nowhere in this finances, man, hopefully they can hold on to it. Because I always think about like, I mean, I know cats that made. You know, I know you definitely know cats that made hundreds of thousands of dollars during this come up. Like they move right. I mean, but then it's like, can you hold on to it? That's a, right. But that's another conversation, man. So my knowledge show is a nation, man. Uh, one, where can we find more information about you or the projects you're working on, all that good stuff? Yeah, so uh, I'm, I'm pretty heavy on Instagram. So George Achenpong Jr. on there. It's going to be in the show notes because I, I know y'all don't know how to spell it. If you, I wish I could do it if it was live and we could bring people up and spell it. And I yeah, 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 yeah. If you 150, you can spell it off the jump. But yeah. You can't, so you're not going to get that cash app. But yeah, that's funny. Uh, so you can go there. Uh, also, my website, kind of my personal brand website has kind of links to everything so mm-hmm. george mm-hmm. uh if you want to check out my firm capitalwise.co you want to cop some merch or learn more about the melanin money movement go to melaninmoney.com and if you want to learn about the app that's dropping in q4 go to pocketadvisorapp.com mm-hmm. so my note to as a nation go to those sites let's get it in and from the bottom of my heart, man, and y'all hearts, because y'all listening to this stuff, or you're watching it, rather, um, thank you for well over, well over all your time, allowing us to come into your house, man, invade your space. Absolutely. Um, and I really appreciate it, brother. Really I, do. I enjoyed it, man. It was, the pleasure was all mine. Ooh, y'all thought we was done. No, we not done. We ain't done until we give a special shout out to our sponsor. So once again, if you are a HBCU alum or currently spending, attending, rather, HBCU, Go to recdiv.com. That's R-E-C-D-I-V.com because employers are looking for special, melanated people just like you right there. And if you're a company looking for bold, diverse hires from HBCUs, this is a one-stop shop. Head over to recdiv.com, register yourself, get more information. Holler at my boy D. Griggs over there, man, who is the CEO, the boss over there, man, and go get you a job. And also, for those that are looking for the special gift for someone during this holiday season, we're talking about skin care, beer care, health care, hair care, right? (laughs) Look no further. Scotch Porter right there is the black-owned brand that is in retailers across the country and online. And and, and, um, trust me, you you click on one Scotch Porter Instagram ad, you're going to see Scotch Porter for the rest of your life everywhere you go, right? It's going to follow you around. You know how I'm going to ask me. But, yo, it is a phenomenal brand. It's helped me take my skin, my my hair, my beard to that next level, and I want you to do it for your family as well. So head over to their website, man. They got a 50% collections um, sale. So on the collections, like their bundles of things that can um, help your skin and your healthcare, your whole routines, etc. It's online for 50% off. So go today, grab it, let them know in their comments, their DMs that you found out about it from the Minority Trailblazer podcast. And yo, show yourself. So shout out to scotchporter.com. They CEO is black. It's not one of them shadow companies where they promote the black folk, but the CEO and the operator is not black, man. Actually, we got a podcast coming up like I referenced in early in the show. So make sure you go check it out. That's all I got for y'all. Remember, like I said last time, remember, remember, remember to do one thing and one thing only. That is to change the freaking culture. Good night.